At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or Robots, here with you again. And I am, of course, joined by my wonderful adventuring partner, the Lotus of the Doom. Welcome back, Lotus. How are you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, actually. Um, for anybody currently involved with ESO at the moment, there's some server issues with their ISP. But I managed to scoot in real quick right before the show. Did one thing for the halloween event that started today and the first plunder skull i got uh from the halloween event i got the uh campfire memento which is actually pretty neat so yeah it's it's pretty fun it's just like you build a campfire and then you can throw dust on it it makes it change all sorts of freaky colors very cool very cool yeah Yeah. this uh, event is always fun every year so yeah Nice. Yeah, this is most people's favorite event. It's definitely one of the better ones for sure. Yeah. Well, you can't go wrong with spooky stuff. That's why we always want to talk about spooky things during this time of year. Yep. So, yeah. So we'll, we're actually going to be tackling that stuff. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about something uh, real quick at the top of the show, because it's very important to me. And I normally don't do this. I normally save this kind of stuff for the middle or the end of the show. But my morning streams have been... Um, making a very big difference in my life. And so I just wanted to bring this up right at the beginning because um, it's actually been (laughs) a very positive, having a very positive effect on my uh, personality and my happiness. And this is a very good thing. So that is a good thing. I know. Right. Like, okay. So just to make this as quick as I can, because I don't want to take too long on this. I I started, it was about a month ago. I started streaming in the mornings regularly during the weekdays. And I've mentioned this on the show. I've got a little ad thing that runs at the end of the the show saying, Hey, come, come hang out with me. So I have a regular group of people who've been hanging out with me and it's been growing and we have such a good time. And I think Part of the dealing with the pandemic now for almost two years now, it's been most of, you know, a year and half plus and working from home by myself most of the day. I don't think I realized how much time I spend by myself and just not getting a chance to talk and interact with other people. And having made this a priority to spend time with people in the morning on the stream and chat with people and play games with people has really positively affected my mood. And it has been amazing. So first of all, if you've been joining me in my morning streams, thank you so much. It is really making a huge difference. And secondly, 
I want to say thank you to you guys for joining me. I've got I've got a goal of hitting a concurrent uh, viewer um, milestone of 25 concurrent viewers. And when we get to that and we and we hit that for a week straight, I'm going to be giving away whatever game you guys want. I'm going to be giving away a game on the stream to, to you guys. There's a bunch of new games coming out this fall. You can pick whatever game you want. If you haven't jumped into Elder Scrolls Online, you can pick that. If there's something else you've been wanting to play, we'll pick a, we'll pick a winner. We'll be giving out a game. And I know that there's a, this is a this show has a very large audience, so it really would only take a few of you guys making a point to just come hang out with me in the mornings, maybe even just lurking while you're working or while you're doing some other stuff during the day. And I stream in the morning starting at 8.30 Eastern, and I stream usually through the middle of the day by about noon. I, I need to go leave and actually do some other things, <laughs> get some other work done. So if you'd like to come hang out with me, it would really mean a lot to me. I really love having you guys to hang out with during the day. And I've decided to commit to this because it has made such a positive difference in my life. And I'm going to be making this a, a, a big thing. I really want to keep growing the stream and making this a, a regular priority. So I just wanted to put that at the top and just say big thank you to everybody who has taken the time to spend time with me. I've been having a blast with you guys. And thank you so much for the big difference you've made in my life. So that's all I wanted to say at the beginning of the show. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, so, okay, anyway, back to the show. So today's episode is titled The Most Horrifying Monster in Tamriel. And Lotus, like any good debater, I'm gonna preface this with the tactics of debate, right? So one of the first things you learn in debate club is that in order to debate something well, you have to understand both sides of the argument, right? Correct. Right. So if I was to say that mm, vampires are the most horrifying monster and you were saying, no, it's werewolves and we were in a debate club, then the person running the debate club might say, okay, well, I want you to switch sides, learn as much you can as you can about the other side's argument, and then uh, argue the opposite side so that you can understand the argument from the other side. Therefore, you better understand each side of the argument, and you can even better argue against the other side because you understand the other side better, right? Right. It's, it's one of the things that I actually... Um always like and why, why a lot of people wonder why i don't have opinions on a lot of game stuff when it first drops because i like to hear both sides of something mm -hmm. before i formulate some type of opinion and argue my point which again it, it's when you you know i get it when you get passionate about things you kind of get emotional about them and for better or worse i like some of the streams, you know, you definitely wouldn't know it because I'll be yelling and blowing up and dying all the time in these old games. But for the most part, if I'm actually being serious, I tend to be a little low on the old emotional scale where it's just like, yeah, just give me the facts and I'll just try to piece together what my argument would be. Sure. Whether it's a good argument or not is irrelevant, but like, that's at least my goal. So like a lot of times the best arguments are made by people who actually understand what they're arguing against, as opposed to just understanding their side of it. So of course, because you have the potential of just arguing against a straw man, which is a logical fallacy. You're not actually arguing against the point at all. You're right. arguing against a fake, you know, image of something that really isn't the, the thing you're arguing against at all. Um, exactly. So, so why am I saying all this? Well, we are in spooptober. We talked about the void last week, arguably one of the most creepiest potential things in 
in the entire universe of the Elder Scrolls, right? The, something that we don't even understand at, based on our conversation, something that mm-hmm. is, is just really at the periphery of our, our, under, our understanding at all and something that we're just grasping at. So I thought about it and I was like, OK, well, we've got another episode this month and we're coming up on the end of the month. So we've got our patron episode coming up next week. So we've got one more episode to talk about something in the lore that is absolutely horrifying. And so I was going through all the different monsters and things that we've covered some of these things in previous years. And I was like, well, what is something that some people find absolutely terrifying, something horrible, something some people really don't like? And I came up with it. And sometimes you and I don't take this seriously. So I thought it would be a good idea to put our mindset on the other side and try to see things from a viewpoint that we don't always agree with. One that I would definitely say that I run a cult specifically opposing (laughs) yeah yeah so we are here today to try to understand why people are so afraid of guar (laughs) (laughs) or it is a guar episode (laughs) it is a this is a guar episode and we are we are going to come at this from the perspective of people who hate or fear Guar, and we are going to do our best to understand the horror of the most horrifying monster in all of Tamriel, the Guar. The Guar. So go with us on this journey. Put on your Guar scaredy pants. Guar skin boots. <laughs> your Guar skin boots and and go with us here. So let's let's crack open the US, UESP to the Guar lore page and we're going to just dive right into what we know about the guar so here we go guar or guars i don't know if there's a particular uh version of this which is more proper for plural it's interesting i've uh, not right off the rip that's one of the things it's like i always refer to them as guar i've I've never thought it's like a pack of guar not a pack of guars i've I've never thought of putting an s on guar yeah but i suppose that they bring this up because both are found in the writings so yeah so i could probably just be interchangeable yeah 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 so uh guar or guars are large bipedal reptilians pause large reptilians already that is kind of freaky Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like dinosaurs here, right? Like already. Ugh. Like I, I can see why that's disturbing. Yep. Uh, native to Morrowind and Black Marsh. They are the primary domesticated herd animal of these provinces and are not usually aggressive. Now, if I was to tell you cows are the primary herd animal of these provinces and are not usually aggressive. You would think twice about going up to a cow. Now, the last time I saw an aggressive cow, I don't I don't think I don't think anyone's seen an aggressive cow in a very, very long period. Bulls, on the other hand, are generally aggressive, right? Right. Yeah. But I don't think it's the exact opposite. I don't think you could even say usually aggressive and occasionally not aggressive. Right. I don't think you could say a cow is almost ever aggressive. Cows are like you. I don't know if you could even say are not usually aggressive. You could say are basically never aggressive. Like, right. Right. So Guar is not usually aggressive means they sometimes are aggressive. So that uh, kind of warning flag there. Right. Characterized by their endurance and intelligence. Another warning flag. They're smart. Guar are used mostly as pack animals and beasts of burden, although certain breeds are used as mounts, which we do so in the games, right? I'm always riding around on a guar in game. Yeah, yeah. 
Although usually associated with Dunmer, Gwar have a special relationship with Argonians, and the Dunmer traditionally employ Saxlil slaves as Gwar herds and handlers. A young Gwar is called a calf. The Gwar is related to the Aelit, Kagudi, and Warmouth. Okay, now, so we're going to pause here. I'm going to pull up some images here. So here we go. Let's take a look at their closest relatives. Here is the Aelit. This is the Aelit, and the Aelit looks like a bipedal monster. This thing is a mouth with legs with giant sharp teeth. It's funny you say that because I forget which... Uh, I feel like I, I, I almost want to say it was from Scordo the knife or something. Um, but there, there is a, there is a writing in game, uh, in elder scrolls online that references them as basically being a mouth with legs because they're, if you were like, try to eat them. There's really not a lot to work with because it's just kind of a pair of legs. They're, they're just like a the walking rest head. Is just, yeah. 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 Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's funny you said that because that was the a qu first quote I thought of was whatever that I wish I had knew what it was off the top of my head. Um, that writing where it was just like, yep, it's basically just a mouth with legs. <laughs> right. Right. So we also have the Kaguti, which is similar, uh, a similar monstrosity, uh, mouth with the legs and tusks as well. Yes. And tusks, it's kind of got like the triceratops head as well mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. for, for like a, a real life counterpart. Right. It has kind of like that, uh, the shield on the back of the head. Yeah. Kind of thing going on. Right. And then, and I think this might be the most horrifying of all of them, the worm mouth, which yeah, the, these are, these are just a, just uh, a disaster right. so there's the worm mouth in eso which is uh like a beaked two-legged head on legs with like a, a big thick tail yeah a, a torso with like like very thick scales along its back right but then there's the shadow key worm mouths, which <laughs> are, are, consist of all of maybe, I don't know, a dozen polygons. Hey, that's yes. And they, I assure you, you saw these coming from a mile away because the game ran at like five frames a second. Mm -hmm. So they would very slowly lumber toward you to try to gently kill you. Mm -hmm. And in but my head cannon, just hideous monsters and my head cannon. That's how they actually look like in real life. Uh, yep. All right. They All are right. just very low polygon, real monsters. I also like how there's a nubbed version of them as well. A nubbed version. Yeah, if you were looking at it, it, it there's the regular version, and then the, the, the for anybody mm. who's able to see, there's a nubbed version, which is just slightly off color. I don't really know why that's nubbed, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, those, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Those know. creatures are, yeah, that is just the straight up same thing with a slightly different skin tone. Yeah, but and then they, the horrid oh one, God. which is just the, like slightly darker yeah. it just doesn't have red eyes. I don't. More mouths are really, really hideous. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so these are its closest relatives now yeah i'm gonna let's pull up an image of a uh of a guar to take a look at it in uh you know in just uh, contrast to uh to one of these things and just just take a look at it right so it, there's this is a guar again mostly a walking head but it has kind of those front arms it's got kind of yeah. those like tyrannosaurus rex arms on the front but Walking head, big teeth, big mouth. 
Yes. Little nubby tail. Little, um, little nubby tail. And mm-hmm. and honestly, one of the ways that uh, Hyperpixie from uh, one of the co-hosts of Tales of Tamriel has always referred to them as a derpy T-Rex. Uh, <laughs> derpy T-Rex. Which it is. It's, it's kind of like a raptor or a T-Rex, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. except all of its features are rounded like a lot um though yeah. okay and this, this so is, the more wind version is a very is, derpy t-rex <laughs> yeah this one is like hey guys can i join you and all the other ones all the other guar are like oh hey nah. rodney and he's like he's like what are you doing guys and they're like uh hey hey rodney why didn't why didn't you invite me to the party? Uh sorry Rodney, we forgot. Yeah, this that's what this what this guy is. However, I stand by the fact that what people must be afraid of is the potential for these creatures. Because Rodney, <laughs> Rodney apparently Rodney still has high intelligence. Yes. <laughs> yes. So is all of this an illusion? Right. Well, here that that goes to the next point here because they're related to the Aelit, the Kagudi, and the Wormmouth, uh, Wormmouth, W O R M. Um, but some scholars argue, and I don't know if these are like racist scholars or if these are scholars who actually have some sort of scientific evidence for this, that they may be distantly related to Argonians. So now, is this a? Now, let me just pose the question here: Is this like? homo sapiens being distantly related to apes or monkeys right or um, is this like racist people going well they look kind of like argonians lizard equals lizard right yeah. like like what is what is going on here right so my uh, just you know my my first take on that would be it is damn real so it's likely racist um because everything is all right. the time that's, that's, that's true <laughs> but yes. that that aside um that that seems like that would be really really distant especially because i mean the hist we we've really don't know what the deal is with the hist and its direction behind the scenes like why it does what it does what its uh, purposes are and what it's looking for but with argonians being directly like created by the hist and returning to the hist um you don't get that impression, at least in game from anything I've ever seen about them being brought back to the hist. It's more of Guar just kind of are around. They, they, they provide plenty of uses. Like I said, they're, they're they can be helpful. Um, they, they tend to be de- more domesticated, like it was mentioned, mm-hmm. but you never really see any direct relation to the hist and in fact they're more common in morrowind than they are in black marsh i mean they're in black marsh but it's like you generally see the majority of these and their counterparts in morrowind and then you've got some of their their weird little you know cousins and in warmuffs and cagoodies and stuff like that floating around in craglorn and stuff like you know other other regions so it's like it it's not impossible but that one seems a bit more of a stretch i i would guess that that's probably a dunmer scholar if i were to yeah yeah <laughs> if i would venture right. a guess as to who right. made that claim <laughs> right yeah so similarly it goes on it says argonian historians have speculated that guar were originally native to black marsh 
and were introduced to Morrowind by Dunmer slavers. However, Could other be. sources claim that Morrowind's unique fauna developed in geographic isolation from the rest of Tamriel. So there is debate as to which Why zone they, they may have they evolved in or, or originally been from. If, if Even if evolution is even a thing in Tamriel, we don't really know. Right. It, and when there is evolution, it seems very quick, more than... Mm -hmm. I guess in some cases, very quick. I, I, the Bretons have kind of evolved in some weird ways over the games and stuff like that. Um, but, but for the most part, it's like when, when you deal with evolutionary stuff in the series, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this happened. So as a direct result, now this is like this. And it's like, well, it's not really evolution so much as just an abrupt change or something like that. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So there's also some other details here. Despite the name, Bantam Guar are actually a member of the Scuttler family. And so just as a reminder here, the Bantam Guar, Guar look like this. A lot of us have these as pets. Um, I call this these the little chickens of Tamriel. Yes. Um, now, there are chickens in Tamriel, but these are like the little uh, lizard chickens. Lizard chickens. Yeah, little lizard chickens. And I've got the little fire guy here. Um, uh, I, I call him my fire chicken. And there's a few different versions of these guys. Yeah, there's there's a lot um, without, you know, coming across a cynical or anything like that. Some of the lore gets, a, you know, it's there's all sorts of different variants of these because uh, cosmetic marketing. Like, so right. there's, sure. you know, tons and tons of them for promotional reasons, stuff like that. But as a result, they're all in the series. So there's lots of different versions, but Bantam Guar themselves are basically like little mini Guar with, instead of the little T-Rex arms, they have little chicken wings in front. And right, right. But they don't actually sized. look like Guar so much as um, other types of reptiles. And, and like it says here, they're, they, they're they more are. related to Scuttlers and uh, Cliff Racers than Yeah, and they, they definitely have more of a face and less of a right a mouth on legs <laughs> yeah they have a more erect body too more like a more like a chicken yeah, it's more walking upright. around yep, for and sure less like a, a walking head <laughs> that just has a very short torso on legs yeah so yeah yeah and then it goes on it says domesticated guar are regularly seen outside their native lands and have been imported to cyrodiil as beasts of burden for hundreds of years guar are often raised or hunted for their hides eggs and meat Wild guar are usually docile, but can sometimes turn feral and attack travelers. Again, there warning flag. And we talked about this a little bit on previous episode. Look at the size of their freaking mouths. Imagine approaching a guar on the road who you think is docile. And this is the scary part of guars, right? You come across one and you think, oh, what a nice little guar. Who left you here? Where, where is your master, little Guar? What were you what were you doing traveling here? Where's your gear? Mm -hmm. And you go up to pet him on his little head, and he decides to take a chomp out of your arm, right? Yep. Well, the Guar does not have the mouth the size of a cow. He has a mouth the size of, like, the entire top half of your body, and there goes your entire arm, not just a few fingers. Yes. <laughs> so because there's not a lot of room for error with that. It's no. kind of an all or nothing type of deal. No, their mouths are gigantic. And, yes. And, well, here's another thing. Why do they need mouths that big? What is it? What are they eating that makes their mouths that big? And here's which, the, oh, go ahead. Which? Well, the thing is, since they seem like they're grazing most of the time, mm -hmm. I mean, 
grass doesn't require grass generally would relate to you wouldn't need sharp teeth which their teeth are angled right um right so so they're not flat which you'd normally see with herbivores much more commonly because it would be more of a grinding motion of you know eat, eating plants as opposed to a ripping motion which you'd want with with you know the pointed teeth um and if that's the case since their mouths are essentially 50 percent of their body conservatively uh, right. um they could eat like an entire hail bay all at once with like that type of biting thing so but where does it go their their stomachs aren't bigger right. than their mouths yes so it's like you'd think they'd just kind of swell up like an egg if that's the case <laughs> right and on on the note of you know attacking travelers in various cases um if you happen to go to i believe it is deshaun um yes it is it looks like yeah so it's in deshaun which is uh, a province in morrowind um there is a portion of the map that there is a guar called Bittergreen the Wild, who is mm. a guar, <laughs> and Bittergreen is at an overturned cart uh, from, uh, you know, it's a, it's a traveling cart, so it's like an overturned camp, and it is a world boss. So he is actively murdering travelers, and ironically, he is one of the harder base game bosses um, that, that, that launched with the game. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, okay. So we've established that there, there is good reason to fear Guar and we have a little bit more to go on here because if we move on from the UESP article to the fandom articles, which there's a little bit less credibility around this, but it's, it's always nice to pull from multiple sources. And I usually do, I don't always quote them, but I, I usually do. Um, I don't always quote them directly, but it says here in this article, and I think this is interesting more intelligent than horses so we've got a direct reference here to horses and then it also says as omnivores so you're right they don't just eat grass there's a reason why their teeth are pointy right just like humans have both pointy teeth and flat teeth we we have yeah. teeth meant for multiple types of things that we can eat um the guar diet mainly consists of plant-based foods but like their alit and kagudi cousins they have been known to occasionally consume flesh. Dun, dun, dun. You need a sound bite right there. Dun, for something. Dun, dun. Yep. The flesh of man or elf or, or yeah, or myrrh or myrrh or, or Argonian or uh, Khajiit or anything or, else that's smart and walks around on two legs or other guar would, would maybe. <laughs> maybe who knows mm -hmm. i mean they get hungry enough like think about it anything anything that can eat meat in a dire situation if it's starving could potentially eat you because you're made out of meat right and uh you know the morality of the guar is really probably pretty unknown yeah <laughs> and depending on how deals... well its owners have treated it you know right and even more so, uh, since since we had brought it up before, we, we don't know a lot of the connections to the Hiss since we don't know its reasoning. We also a lot of times don't understand the reasonings of things related to the Hiss. It's a lot harder to catch on to body language of um, Argonians since most of their inflections are flat and it's it's not a normal like something would be used to. It's like Guar could 
if if related guar could have the same thing yeah absolutely so that's that's the foundation for the for the guar here and i can i can see why some people one uh people like your co-host arcadier i think just doesn't like him because he thinks they're ugly well he also so arc I, I i'll i'll put on my arc hat for the moment i was gonna say i put on my arc hair but he actually cut his hair so um, <laughs> okay put on your arc hat <laughs> yeah so put on my arc hat i don't think i've ever seen arc wear a hat but now he does um so in arc's ramblings of trying to denounce the wonderful guar um wait, wait wait you can't say it's wonderful we have to we have to be fully oh, right we have to be fully on the, on the on the perspective <laughs> of their, rough they're horrifying when anybody of my personal twitch channel is called, called a member of the cult of the guar for me to be really impartial here. <laughs> <laughs> but um that aside so his thing is that the fact that they look relatively happy they seem docile they they're kind of simple looking is actually all a ploy and there is a nefarious reason behind all of the guar mm. which is given away by i believe he refers to them as their raptor teeth and alligator scales <laughs> um <laughs> okay. as well as um which does kind of relate to the boss fight uh in game they they have pretty substantial back legs or i mean they're their main legs we mentioned the little like stumpy arms in front their back legs which relates to the alits and the warmth all of them have this their back legs are enormous when we were saying that they're basically just a mouthful of legs and the claws on the back getting kicked by one of those things or clawed at by one of those things would probably wreck somebody pretty hard as well and they have a, a dew claw they, have they the, do have a dew claw. They have that little up thumb thing. Yes. That it could be like those are very dangerous. Like they, right. they lift that up and especially with the, the muscles in those legs and they take a swipe at you with that. Yes. Oh, God. And I they're, think they're opening the, up your chest with like one. Exactly. Yeah. And Ooh. I think the idea there, uh, whether other people follow along with this, I think there's like three of them um, or not. The concept is that much like people don't know the reasonings to things done by the hist and as a side effect argonians uh, you know d different types of argonians obviously with the tribes can be a little varying but for the most part argonians are known to be very nice uh, very accepting of outside, like outside cultures compared to other things they're, they're much more mellow than a lot of the other races yeah pretty chill um, they're very yeah they tend to be very chill they're kind of like lizard hippies um <laughs> but on the flip side of that which we had made reference to uh, i have no idea which episode specifically or probably multiple times but during one of the uh, during the oblivion crisis when they get all jacked up on his sap when they actually had a directive they were going to try to accomplish they kind of did wreck some house like it things shifted quite a bit so it's like okay that docile veneer that they have hides an inner strength well what if all of the guar have mm. this passive thing because maybe whatever they're going for hasn't actually come to fruition yet that they would actually use force to their advantage and be a threat because they're so ingrained in 
different societies as pack animals. Well, if there's more to them and they were to go crazy, that would be really hard to probably contain a, a lot of guar with a directive outside of literally, I mean, they probably aren't going to be using siege engines, but in sure. regular, some sort of guar revolts, right. It, it would be hard to control something like that. It right. is ridiculous as that may sound just because they have a lot of physical attributes, even though that they're kind of a little goofy looking that could definitely mess some people up uh, right. outside right. of literal weaponry and needing pretty heavy armor. Yeah. And it, yeah, like you're saying, if they were somehow uh, stimulated or controlled by like a hive mind. Yeah. Like something like the hist. Yeah, that, that could sure. be a, that could be an issue. Yeah, so. um, that's a, that's a really good point. Now, I, the last thing I want to point out before we take a break and thank our patrons um, and then move on, because we're going to go over each of the different breeds on the second half of the show is um, that I, I did want to pull some actual text from books. But it turns out that the references to Guar are few and far between from any of the like official books. They sure are. Most of what we get are references and things like personal journals to things like I was, you know, setting up my pack Guar and heading off into the wherever, <laughs> you know, like you don't get a lot of detailed information from from actual books about Guar. They don't seem to be very looked into, which is kind of disconcerting. When, like you're saying, they are so common and yet seem to be overlooked. You think you would think that maybe there need somebody in the more scientific and magic professions needs to be doing a little bit more research into how the guar actually function and where they come from, <laughs> because right. maybe there's more to be understood there. So worth bringing up. I wish there were some things I could quote from actual, you know, literature that was that is worth bringing up but there really isn't a whole lot so all right well let's move on because we've got some patrons to thank all right we'll be right back the skies are marked with numberless sparks each a fire and every one a sign i am so excited about our sponsor this week marvel strike force i freaking love marvel comics growing up i collected comics and the trading cards and i've seen pretty much every marvel movie they've made so far so if you're into marvel like i am go check out marvel strike force this is a mobile squad rpg you can collect and unlock all the different heroes you fight against super villains there's a campaign there's a blitz mode there's an arena there's a constantly evolving meta and right now they're celebrating the deadpool anniversary event this is a mission from Strike, where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. 
But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. So big thank you to our brand new patron, Chef S, for signing up just uh, yesterday, I believe it was. So thank you for joining us on the Patreon. And also, every week we call out our Tier 5 Daedric Princes, Mr. Gami Boy and Noodle Al Dente. So thank you to them for supporting the show at that tier. That is awesome. And thank you to all... Holy crap. You know how many patrons we're up to now? Did you break 50? 53. I'd say that would be breaking the 50. <laughs> Holy crap. 53 patrons. So thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show. You guys are amazing. We have our patron episode coming up this coming uh, Thursday on the 28th. And I was thinking we've been doing some fun episodes. I was thinking we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential patrons that are tier four or higher. And it would be really cool to talk about some of the creepiest stuff in the game again. And some of our patrons at these tiers weren't able to join us the last time we did that. So I thought it'd be really cool to have a conversation. If you guys would like to discuss that, um, that would be awesome. Let me know if you have some other ideas for alternate topics. If you feel like we've already covered that, you want to talk about something else, let me know. We'll discuss it on the Discord. But I, you know, there's there's so many creepy things to talk about in Elder Scrolls. That would be really fun to have that conversation with you guys. So just let me know what you think. And if we've done anything to help you get through your work day, your workouts, your driving to work, or your uh, preparing decorations for Halloween. That's a good one. Then uh, go check out patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. See if there's any tiers that have any cool things that you'd like to, you know, make sure that you get. And if you'd like to support the show, we would absolutely appreciate that. You can get ad-free episodes and episodes early and even t-shirts and stickers now and all sorts of fun things so go take a look at that stuff the t-shirts and stickers are limited edition they will never be available once they're off of there and they are never going to be sold anywhere else so once they're gone they're gone so go check that out and thank you again to all of our patrons you guys are amazing all 53 of you guys i super super appreciate it thank you so much all right let's move on with the rest of the show Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, Bosmer vampires. Chef, that's an interesting idea. Do you find those to be specifically creepy? Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, so. Bosmer vampires are the ones that can only be uh, detected by candlelight, right? Candlelight detecting vampires. I feel like that's the only way to tell that they're actually vampires. Uh, I forget the name of the Bosmer vampires specifically, but I, if if I'm not mistaken, those are the ones that I'm thinking of that where you won't know. I forget which book it is in the series that it's given away. Oh no, they're the ones who take the place of the child in the family. Never mind. Yeah, that. Oh god, yeah, those ones are dark. <laughs> so good. I love the yeah. dark stuff. Yep. That's right. That's those ones. So good. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe, maybe we can each bring something super creepy to share and we can talk yeah, about the say, creepiest the stuff. Ty- there's so many different clans of vampires. I just stepped on a dog. Sorry, Oreo. <laughs> he likes to sit under my chair. I didn't hurt him. He just put my foot down. I was like, oh, there's a dog there. There's a, there's right. a soft little dog. Soft little dog there. All right. So let's go through. We've got some different breeds of guard to talk about. We're going to talk about why each one's creepy. Here we go. We're going to go alphabetically through them. We've got the albino guar we just shared the picture of this one earlier the albino guar also called the white guar are a rare type of guar they often feature in ashlander prophecies and bazors taken from their stomachs can be used in rituals check out this check out this puppy 
this guy. What did I call him before? I forget what I what name did I call him? Harold? Uh, Ronnie? Rod Rodney? This Rodney, Rodney. That's Rodney. it. Yeah, this is Rodney. Rodney. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm coming to the party anyway. Is that all right? Classic Marwin. <laughs> Anytime you get a Marwin gif, it's pretty much Rodney. Rodney. Rodney the Rodney the yeah. So um, albino things in general are a little bit odd because they're you know just rare. Yeah, they, I was going to say they're devoid of pigment. Yeah, <laughs> so it's less you know, common. Certain kinds of creatures, when they're albino, look stranger than other kinds of creatures. And this dude, being that he's a model from Morrowind, looks particularly weird. Yeah, a little polygonal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, his legs are like kind of chickeny. Um, that's kind of creepy. And he's kind of missing teeth, which makes me feel like if he was going to eat me, I'd get gum to death, which is almost yes. more scary than just being like torn to shreds right that would be very un. that would be a very weird feeling mm -hmm, mm -hmm. chef thinks he's adorable in chat though so see that's can't can't deny the adorableness of the guar yeah but we're trying to talk about how scary they are so right i have They're to adorably terrifying back. adorably terrifying all right next on the list banded guar charger the banded guar charger is a breed of striped guar used as a war mount they are related to the feral tiger guar so this guy, this guy you take to war. So I will ping in with a little bit of trivia here because there's actually something related. I was waiting for So this is actually the guar that I use in Elder Scrolls Online, funny mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. um, this was like one of the first mounts they put in the game. Um, but trivia bit, Tiber Septum actually apparently used to struggle at pronouncing the word guar and couldn't. <laughs> Um, so as a, as a side effect, because of the stripes and they were used for, you know, war mounts, uh, a lot of the Imperials would simply call them tigers because That's it cute. was less embarrassing since he apparently couldn't pro pronounce war. Um, <laughs> and actually he doesn't really, it's kind of hard to see on my shelf cause it's far back, but behind me next to Aldwin, actually on my giant nerd shelf back there, uh, the little guar in the middle is a banded guar. He, uh, he, he's the dude from in game. Oh, but we're, yep. we're getting cute on this again. Look how, yeah, look how, well, I, look how I mean, terrifying this thing is. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> look, at, yeah. look at those pointy teeth and those, yeah, he's a savage. Look at, a savage look at those, look at those dew claws, man. Okay, look at that. Look at that dew claw. That thing will tear yeah. your insides out. And, and you know they're outsmarting the emperor at the time. So they, there you go, because their names were unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah, they they designed that. That was by design. That was yes. That was their intent. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Somehow they manufactured. Yeah, they that. sure did. Even though they don't speak. Right. But maybe they did back then. We don't know. All right. So, <laughs> uh, common Vardenfell guar. Uh, it's the most common breed of guar, despite the name. The breed is not limited to the island of Vardenfell. All right. Let's take a look at this guy. This one, there's something weird about an animal that is almost uh, the same color everywhere, including its he, eye. I was going to say, the fact that his eyes are the same color, I'm... So the only reference we have to this one is in Elder Scrolls Online, and, and these have been here since base game. Right. Uh, and by and, the way, for our listeners, this guy is just kind of a like a tannish brown color. Yes, everywhere. It's just everywhere. Um, and I mean that very well could be what it 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 looks like, but going out <clears throat> outside of lore and into just like 
breaking the fourth wall type of deal. I am kind of curious if maybe since this was original concept Elder Scrolls Online, if maybe the eyes were not supposed to be quite the same color, maybe that was supposed to be more gold. Or uh, just white and they just didn't fill it in. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of their eyes are goldish hue, but it's like since these are more of a generic, just like around the fields and stuff like that, I, I wonder if it was more of these are less detailed than some of the ones now, because a lot of the ones that we'll be continuing on with, um, with the mounts and everything, they're much, much more detailed than just the little guys bumbling around in the fields and stuff like that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. They're probably supposed to be like yellowy gold eyes and the skin yeah. is just brownish. And so they kind of just blend. Yeah. It didn't but make it, the it cut. looks like the thing rolled around in the mud and just hasn't blinked yet. Yes. <laughs> kind of what or, it looks like. Or it has jaundice. Yeah, so th this is basically the same for the next one, too. The freckled guar is considered to be the most intelligent breed of guar. Interesting. They can be taught to come when called and can even be house trained. This thing's like a dog. Um, as such, they're regularly kept as pets in Deshaun. So this guy, tell me, tell me that this is a different model. Because I don't think it is. So, <laughs> I mean... I'm not going to tell you it's a different model. <laughs> it looks the same. But if you insist it's a different model, I'm lying to you. Like that's, <laughs> that's why th this is specifically why I had mentioned that it's like some of this outside, you know, just the like lore aspect of doing this stuff. I think they might've been a little game asset. -y. Okay there's only so much we can do in this amount of time. We have to get these things good to go. It's basically like the same thing. <laughs> I mean, look at that. Look. Yeah. One, the other. One, they're, they're, the other. I mean, they're, they're essentially different zones. the exact same thing. The lighting's so. a little bit different, but they're the, they're freaking <laughs> Although, the same. They are the same. I, I would like to point out, Chef made a very valid point for us. It's reused model, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there we go. Quite horrifying. Quite horrifying. Yeah, I, I, those are listed as two separate things. I assume that's just because of the code. Um, I, 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 there, it looks like the same model. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this one I find to be particularly frightening. So here we go. The Frostbane Guar is a strange breed of guar found in Skyrim. It has a shaggy white coat adorned with symbolic hair knots. Who is tying the hair on this? Probably the nope. owner? Don't if, like this one. If this thing's wild, I don't know who's, who's tying up the hair. Um, and hide strips meant to protect it from the frigid climate. So this must be like an owned one, I guess. The practice, yeah, I would assume it's a similar type of thing to like owning a mammoth. Yeah. The practice of adorning mounts with these dangling frostbane talismans is an Atmoran tradition dating back to Isgrimor's arrival in Skyrim. The ancient Nords worshipped totem animals as gods, and frostbane talismans continue to be used into modern times. Since the guar is native to warmer climates, the existence of frostbane guar suggests that these wards do in fact protect against the cold. The frostbane pony guar is a smaller breed, which has long been popular among the more traditional aristocracy of Riften, who enjoy dressing them in frostbane garb and keeping them as pets, which is also kind of terrifying. All right, mm -hmm. check this guy out. All right, here we go. Look at look at this dude. He's got like shaggy hair and so braids that come down and get tied up. It's very peculiar, um, as it generally 
this is blurring the line between mammal and lizard. <laughs> yeah. Imagine um, a lizard with white hair that like is also cut out around the eye so that the eye can see. Like does right. the hair not grow it, as long around the eye or is somebody just right. trimming that and back? It also trails off on its legs as well and becomes scales scales again um like is, do are there any animals we know of that have both hair and scales i like usually scales and feathers know. can be on the same animal like that can happen right but yeah i hair? i don't have a good answer to that um yeah but this is a little <laughs> odd yeah the, the this thing is very strange looking um it's almost like a braided version of if you've seen the Adams family, um, <laughs> cousin it, cousin it, yeah, yeah. If cousin so, it was a guar, then it so would be a albino guar. cousin it, and instead of little feet, it actually has guar legs. Guar. And there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay, so that one I think is uh, particularly scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Don't don't like that one. It freaks me out. I think it was made in a lab. That's my guess. Yes. Then we have the Glogil Guar, also called the Lambent Guar, is an exotic breed of guar that is distinguished by its glowing eyes and stripes. They trace the origins to a coastal Argonian tribe near Archon, where they have dark navy skin and bright blue eyes. The bioluminescent and oh and bioluminescent stripes. Rumors suggest that they can breathe underwater, but it's unknown if they can. It's just rumored. I would suppose that somebody who owns one of these could like take it to a a lake and just see. Yeah, just place it in like a like, dock and see if it goes down or people own these. Like you could just try right. Um the Glogilguar from Gideon and Merkmire are distinguished by their golden colors, hence why they are called the amber gill guar and not just the golden glow gill guar locals that live in black marshes swamps believe that nature's energy feeds the guar's light but scholars believe that the light is only an alchemical reaction tattoo artists in Merkmire siphon the guar's blood to create glowing yellow skin markings and say that the blessings of the land keeps them lit yeah yikes yeah so check this guy out this is the uh here here we go all right so this thing is bioluminescent its eyes glow also yeah and it's claws yes it's it's this is where they're gonna start getting a little more mystical weird then <laughs> yeah so stripes eyes and claws all glow with bioluminescence from who knows where they're not sure but they also draw the blood in order to use to make other things glow also yeah so this this just seems like a weird fallout crossover from too much radiation <laughs> personally this is an fev problem yeah exactly <laughs> this is what you would ride if you were a super mutant right yeah all right so um yeah that guy uh Mm, this yeah this is this one's just super weird also in the middle of the night if this thing was running at you it would just look like a bunch of glowy lines with glowy eyes and glowing claws this would be terrifying yeah 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 super super scary all right so next on the list golden iguar or golden eyes that sounds like a james bond film yes uh are a breed of guar used as a mount it is a cross between a banded 
Guar Charger and a Wild Guar, known for its difficulty to control, red flag, and its distinctive golden eyes. Despite the difficulty involved in training one, golden eyes are fearsome, loyal, and intelligent. These dun, 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 dun. also seem like the kind that you uh, would maybe want to ride into battle. Yeah. But also yep. would be likely to get angry at you and bite your arm I, off. I was going to say, just don't get bucked off in combat in front of it because it'll probably mess you up. This one's got like an evil little sneer, too, in the picture. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you put a little mustache on him, he'd be like a little snidely whiplash. Yeah, the, the little arms uh, don't really help it either. Yeah, that's not helping. He's, yeah, he's doing the little like hand... Yeah, it almost looks like he's like rubbing his hands together yeah, exactly with like, an evil <laughs> plot exactly yeah yep. kind of got that, that look. all right so that guar breed specifically seems a little little dicey mm -hmm. so then we have the green narcissus or i'm sorry narciss guar yeah that's too many s's uh, too many s's unless, which is, unless well i mean narciss could also own this guar. <laughs> yeah yeah uh so this is a robust breed used as the standard mount and Dray Beast of Central Morrowind is named after the city of Narciss. And yep. this guy, um, so how do you feel about the uh the scale pattern on this guy? He's kind of a kind of a medium to darker brown with a little yeah. bit of a red a little bit of like a ruddy hue, like yeah, reddish. Uh, yeah, and it's a little more ninja turtle shell type of deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a pattern on on this guar, so yes, yeah. I hope we're doing a good job, at least moderately explaining this for the audio listeners. Like, I hope so too. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's guy's... got like that that tortoise shell, like not really a hexagon pattern, but the, big those flat, like big flat individual scales that, are, yeah, that have exactly. gaps between each of them, like you would imagine, like a turtle shell. Yeah, or caked on ashes. Actually, that's another way you could kind of put it because they're lighter. But yeah, it's it's like a big squared off pattern, and it's just kind of interlocks like honeycomb almost. Yeah, yeah. So that one, I think the color is a little disturbing on that. Yeah, it's just anything that has kind of a uniformity and lack of contrast makes it feel fleshier, even though there's the scales there. I don't know. Something about that's a little bit uh, yep. with reptiles. Um, then we have the Histquar, uh, known in Black Marsh as Scales Seam Daubed with Hist Sap. This has a bunch of dashes between it. Is a subspecies of guar that uh, which appears as if it has splotches of glowing hist sap splattered across its green skin. It is unknown if the breed actually has any connection to the hist. Warning flag, right? We were talking about this. Yeah. Or to amberplasm, the histguar is used as a mount and is the only subspecies known to enjoy music. All right. This guy likes Who music. Who figured that one out? I guess you play music and he dances or something. You know, he starts yeah. like jamming out. Um, so, yeah, this guy looks like somebody splattered a bunch of yellow paint on him. Yeah, he. I was going to say, th this guar came from a paintball match. That is the... <laughs> this is the paintball guar. Yeah, he, he is just... That's literally all this guar has is just paint splats on him uh, or her, because I don't know you could tell these apart. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this is definitely one of the ones that's a little... Sure, that's all I <laughs> can really okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's otherwise it has kind of a, a greenish gray 
kind of color to its uh i don't know its skin but it also has what seems like these dark splotchy scale patterns right which and then the very very vibrant hissed or amberplasm yeah yeah but the okay so what is the um the thing called where people have that negative reaction to what looks like a bunch of pock marks or holes in something you know i'm talking about I do know what you're talking about, and I have no I idea. I don't remember what it the name of that, but the, the dark colored, um, splotchy looking scales on this almost make it look like there's a bunch of little holes all over it. Okay. Big holes. Yeah. That kind of gives it that kind yep. of effect, which I would imagine would set some people off. Yeah. So I can, I can see why that could be uh, an issue and also horrifying. Yeah. Is it tryptophobia or is that just the threes? Is it tryptophobia? It might be. It might be. Because I was going to say, I, I that was sort of what I was thinking, but I know that is holes, but I, I wasn't sure if that was just holes in small groupings, but you actually might be right. I think it's It might not be just related to like three dots related or four. I, I think that's it. I think that's it. I, I think that might be it. I, I think I, I, I think you're correct. So here's one that I think absolutely counts as horrifying. The Hollow Jack Rider Guar. I believe it was last year that we did the Hollow Jack episode. Yes, and yeah. this is his holiday related guar. <laughs> yes, Hollow Jack Rider Guar is a mysterious breed usually only sighted on the night of the Witches Festival, which is just right now. These it sightings, started today at 10 a.m. Eastern. There you go. These sightings are the result of Jack O the Hollow, a malevolent Rivenspire spirit that curses riders at all across Tamriel to ride headless through the night. Guar riders stricken by the curse can be sighted riding headless atop jet black guar mounts with red eyes. Hollowjack rider guar appear to be native to the realm of De- detritus. I almost messed that up and can be summoned from the, that realm. Oh boy. Look at these guys. So how do you feel about uh, bright red eyes on dark so skinned things? The, these are your typical how do we do a Halloween and make it creepy type of guar? And I think these ones, he looks nice and demonic. <laughs> yeah. He's got the bright eyes. Um, yeah. Bright you, red eyes. You, um, you know what I want? You know what I want? Dark, dark scrolls online scales. What, what do you look for? Yeah, I, what I want is, um, I want some RTX on. That's what I want for elder scrolls online. I want some ray tracing and I want some actual light coming out of those eyes. It's just radiating in different directions. Yes. So when you're like when when the sun goes down and it actually gets like legit dark on the map and you see one of these guys galloping at you, you know, and it reflects they don't really out gallop, of his eyes dude. Like they just kind leaf. of trot, right? They're just like blop, 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 blop. And then like the little eyes just glowing and like reflecting off the landscape. That's what I want. All right, I'll uh, I'm not gonna lie, that would probably be pretty cool to see um just because rtx can make things some really shiny stuff even when you're dealing with things like minecraft so yeah yeah that would be cool I, I, there's no doubt all right next we have the pale velothi guar the pale velothi guar is a breed that hails from the ashlands downwind of the volcanic velothi mountains they are used as mounts and are renowned for or renowned as hardy creatures capable of enduring especially harsh conditions so, so this actually almost goes to the fact of a little earlier, we were talking about like, do these creatures or do anything in, it does anything in elder scrolls, uh, actually evolve. And this almost seems to say that they do because 
the pale Velothi Guar. Uh, it's, it is very pale. It does have like the weird scale pattern that we were descri- describing earlier, uh, re- related kind of to the tryptophobia thing. Right. Right. Um, the, the kind of turtle scale. Yeah, thing. yeah. But, um, as a, as a result though, this pale pattern, if things are ashy along, you know, the, the, the mountainous region with all the ash from the volcano in Vardenfell, it would, this essentially seems almost like, okay, this helps it blend into its environment. So right. well, was here's this question. another guard that has kind of evolved into being this and now it's referred to as something different or was it something different out the gate? I think, I think it has evolved to, to make, make it match the landscape. But here's sure. the question. Does, did it evolve to match the landscape in order to evolve, like evade predators or to hunt its prey better? Exactly. Who and knows? and I would argue that Guar have two front facing eyes. So they're that's the predator. predator style. They're the predator. Yeah. So that makes that's another red flag. That's why these things are terrifying. All right. So yep. Next on the list, Pony Guar. That sounds cute, right? It's adorable. So Pony Guar are a smaller species of Guar that are rarely exported since they lack the physical strength of their larger cousins. Well. Not, not well known outside of southern Morrowind, Ponyguar are usually bred as a curiosity, although some are raised for their meat and skins. So they're they're eaten. They're little guys. They're they're bred for, you know, eating and skinning. Yeah. And, and um, it, I mean, they can still bite your toes off. Sure. So that's horrifying. Yeah. And it's got the bands of the other banded guar, but it's again, it's just kind of like a dusty color and. Less yeah. extravagant than some of the other versions. Right, right. All right, next on the list, Sigic Guar Exemplar. The Sigic Guar Exemplars are a breed of Guar created by the Sigic Order. So these were clearly constructed. These were made. They did not evolve. Like all Sigic Exemplars, this breed theoretically represents the ideal form of a guar, that a Guar can assume, at which point the creature transcends the physical and incarnates the mystical as such, Guar exemplars take on a yellow, ghostly form. They are used as mounts by Sigic monks when traversing the marshy terrain of Black Marsh or Southern Morrowind, and are unequaled in this task. The first Guar came to Arteum when a Sigic advisor to the tribunal returned from Mournhold with a Pony Guar in the middle of the First Era. So the creation of Guar exemplars presumably, presumably began sometime after this. So I would I would question if these have any autonomy at all or if these are just, you know, like magical constructs. Yeah, so these ones are in game. I actually got one uh, from like a free crown crate or something I was given. And these ones really strike me as like they wrote in a story around it but this definitely seems like a construct uh just made mm-hmm. by the sigic order to dur- that happened during the somerset expansion type of thing and yep. it was like there's a whole line of sigic versions of these things and it's just like okay this this one is fashioned in the form of a guar as opposed to right. a sench or something like that so it's like these ones are a little too high fantasy and mystical whimsy for me personally i don't so. think they're living things i think they're, yeah, I they're agree. just magical constructs so 
not really to be feared more of just you know fancy magical spell you can ride around on so um but this yeah. guy might be different so we have a sigic mascot guar uh they're a breed of guar created by the sigic order for use as pets like all sigic mascots it is unknown if these guar are real animals or an enchanted appearance or illusory construct created from magicka to be used as beast companions or portable storage batteries for magicka so they may or may not actually be real beasts whereas the other ones right. seem to be absolutely as far as i can tell they magic exist. constructs yeah, these might they, actually be beasts but we're not sure right and it's more of these were created you know by the sigic order as like was just explained and a, as a result i mean it's kind of like why do you do cosmetics in any way it, it like you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. sometimes you want something different to look at look at perhaps they just wanted it to look like a guar <laughs> right. it doesn't seem right. like the fact that it's a guar really matters so much as it's just this one was a guar shape that they turned it into right so is it is it a guar shaped battery is it just a fun little magic spell or is it actually a pet but they made look fancy with magical sparkles and lines and glowy yeah. eyes we don't know but this thing looks cool it's like a black looking guar with blue magic lines on it and blue glowy eyes i have one of these i think it's really cool looking i use it on my character sometimes um but uh i don't know if it's to be feared especially if it's not a real creature so now we move on to another one this one's got a this one has a spooky name you ready for this guy let's do it all right shadow ghost guar Ooh, Shadow Ghost Guar are a mottled black and white breed of Guar and are the only known nocturnal breed of the species. These are like nighttime Guar. Due to their nocturnal habits and the fact that their patterned hides blend in with the shifting gray ash clouds of the slopes of Red Mountain, the breed is rarely seen even by the native Dunmer. Nevertheless, Shadow Ghost Guar are sometimes used as mounts. Shadow Ghost Pony Guar are a smaller breed, also native to the slopes of Red Mountain. They are sometimes kept as pets. This guy, I think, looks awesome and also very scary. Yes. Because, I mean, it's basically a black and white, but mostly white Guar with black eyes. And it's... Uh, these aren't quite stripes. The closest description I would have to the splotches on this thing are like a Rorschach test. Yeah, actually, now that you say it, it really is. Like, what ah. do you see when you look at this guar? Right. <laughs> I see uh, two men facing each other. Okay, right. what do you see when you look at this guar? <laughs> I see an ice cream and a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> right, I see a butterfly. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but and yeah, it does have very beady eyes. Yeah, the, 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 the black fact eyes. That the eyes are totally blacked out, so you can barely mm -hmm. see the pupil is a little creepy as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these things are uh, like walk around at night, especially because there's the white and the black. Again, you would have that appearance of only being able to see parts of it and not the full figure. And I'm sure that that's yeah, kind of terrifying. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit weird. Also, I don't know that I want to, would want to be hunted at night by a guar. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, just straight up agreed. Because again, they, they they have a lot of potential for some killing power. If if mm -hmm. 
find the need to take it, you down a peg. These work as mounts, too. These things are going to outrun you with those two gigantic legs. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's yeah, no way fast. you're going to outrun a guar. Like yeah, a zebra guar. Exactly. Right, right. All right. So uh, we're getting down to the bottom of the list. So we only have a few left. Skyfire yep. guar are often mistaken as big po as being poisonous due to their colorful pattern. Patience is needed to bring these this breed to heed. This guy I have as well. This is actually one of my favorite mounts to use because <laughs> he is so colorful and fun. Um, it is. These guys are like red on top and blue underneath. They're very colorful. They've got a little bit of a black in between the two color patterns. It looks like it's covered in war paint because it's such yeah. a weird pattern, but that's supposedly it's it's scale tone. So, yeah. Yeah. These guys are very bright and colorful. Um, I don't know what else to say about it than that. It does look like it is like painted rather yeah, than it, natural colors and it, it definitely seems like something that you should not try to ingest because that usually very vibrant colors means poison yeah also it, it seems like these guys are kind of uh i don't know hard to train so again another warning sign there then we have the striated pony guar which is a breed of pony guar kept as household pets in morrowind this guy I mean, again, this okay. So the picture of this one, this is another one that doesn't have too much variation in the colors, mostly kind of tan and orange, actually, with orange stripes. Um, the eye doesn't look very much like a different color than the rest of the body. I would assume this is a very early uh, design from ESO. Yep. But look at those teeth. They're, they're very, very predator. Very, very pointy. This guy's not very big, but again, he, he's still bigger than most of our dogs. Yes, <laughs> and it's like four boots. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would want to have to try to kick that thing or punch it. Like if that thing's coming at me and I don't happen to have a weapon on me, even if I had a weapon on me, even if I had a sword, I don't know that I would be able to defend myself against that. Yeah, that, that would be a problem. So we got that guy. Then we have the tessellated guar. This is a multi-purpose guar mount at home anywhere from swamps to ashlands this is another uh, ninja turtle looking, looking yeah, dude yeah it's a frog turtle it's a frog turtle yeah he's got the green and then also the dark dark uh, kind of turtle looking yep. uh, uh what was i saying shell kind of shaped yep stuff on his head it has generally a surprised look on his face right now yeah it looks kind of like huh Me? what what you took my picture <laughs> yeah he really seems a little i also like how the um <laughs> the saddles on these almost look like funny little hats yeah that's terrifyingly funny do. hats yeah yes. it's goofy little hat goofy little hats on their backs all right and then the last one we have which which i don't actually have a picture for here is the tiger guar our legendary breed of large wild guar and our highly prized game animals for noble huntsmen found only on the deshaun plain their stripes have been compared to those of a tiger the banded tiger uh banded guar charger is a breed descended from the tiger guar so that's the last two breeds and of course they look like tigers because of the stripes so there you go that's that's it that's what we got yeah yeah so so did we convince everybody that guars <laughs> are evil guars are evil what do you think or are they adorable and everybody should love them I don't know. Chat, what do you guys think? Yeah, I was going to say, what, did, did we do a convincing job of 
again, it's one of those things. I think that you have the potential there um, for them to be a threat. If you were to, you know, come up to a Guar and just be needling it in the face and just being like, Hey, Guar, Hey, Guar, Hey, Guar. Like you could definitely cause some problems, but I don't think that they, uh, unless some nefarious plot has yet to be discovered that they are going to be, you know, swooping into the, well, maybe, maybe the holojack one, but <laughs> <laughs> so here, I'm going to take off. I'm, I'm taking off my, um, argue for the other side hat. Now I'm, I'm going to put it, put it down on the table. Yep. And okay. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I, I think we did a really good job arguing for the other side. And after all of this, I think I've come to a conclusion. You ready for my conclusion? I am very ready for said okay. conclusion. Here's my conclusion. I think after all of this, what we have done, especially for those of, of you in the live chat, thank you for being here, and those of you who are watching the live sh- version of the podcast who have seen all of these pictures and yep. heard all of our arguments about why Guar are potentially horrifying monsters. I think or what we've done are stunning descriptions in your stun- mind's uh, eye. Yeah, stunning descriptions in the mind's eye. I think what we have done now is um, sold more items off of the Elder Scrolls Online store. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we've effectively done. So now, before we publish this episode, <clears throat> we need to go and uh, see if we can get some commission from. Right, I was going to say, do we get like a creator code? Like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> when you buy your plethora of guars in the store if you guys see an uptick of like several percentage in sales of guar in your store can yeah. uh maybe we you're get a, welcome can we get a kickback from that right because i think it might be due to the show yeah because so I, I don't think we actually did that great of a job there's a chance <laughs> guar could kill and eat you out in the wild but instead, most people, I assume, will just want to have an adorable guar in their stable or to yeah. ride into battle or to just hang out with at the campfire. Yeah, I think we did a better job convincing everybody how awesome guar are than how yes. terrifying they are. So I think Correct. maybe maybe that's what this episode ended up being. But um, hey, it was fun. We at yeah, least, we at least got that. Exactly. Are you pro guar or against guar? Let us know. Yeah, let us know if you if we may. Actually, yes, that's after this episode. Let us know. Join us on the Robust Radio Discord. Let us know. Send us a tweet. Let us know if after this episode you are now more pro guar or more anti guar. And we'll see and if not we have the band. That is not yeah, what not we the are band. <laughs> and we'll see if we've swayed any opinions on this because I I have a feeling we may have swayed them in the wrong direction. Yeah, I don't think we did a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, Lotus, yep. do you have anything cool going on that you want to share about? I know you've got something big this weekend. Yeah. So uh, this weekend, this Saturday, starting at seven a.m., um, we've got the big Extra Life Marathon, which uh, kicks off on my personal channel lotus of doom on twitch um yeah we're gonna have some giveaways and stuff uh we actually have as a team of the elder heroes have already kind of surpassed our first well it was actually meant to be our our goal (laughs) as a team was five thousand dollars raised for um the children's miracle network and um we actually already passed that and i haven't even started our tales of Tamriel <laughs> yet. So we had to change that. So we had to set a new goal. Um, but my own personal goal, we're actually closing in on as well as a thousand to start things off. I've got some milestones. If we end up breaking that, um, with giveaways that I'll be 
kind of showing off soon. A couple of them, I'm actually waiting to see if I can get them finalized right now because I have them in my possession. I just want to make sure that everything's on the up and up that I can give them away. Um, but as a side effect of us being way ahead of where I thought we would be, um, I said that people love watching me suffer in these uh, older Elder Scrolls games rather than enjoy myself. Um, so I will be kicking off the event, maybe not directly at the start, but it very close to the beginning um, <clears throat> with the Elder Scrolls Travels Stormhold, um, which is the Java phone game from like 2002. I have no idea how this even <laughs> runs or looks. Oh, um, no. But I do oh, have wow. the uh, the code, which I uh, the Imperial Library and TES Benefactor helped me get hooked up. Um, so it seems like it should be good to go for the event. And um, just to give everybody a gauge for that game, I believe it is 164 kilobytes. Wow. Um, for a size. So wow. <laughs> I don't know what to expect, but right now the... The low bar is Battlespire. So who knows? Who knows? This is who amazing. Knows? This is but be it's great. for good cause. So I will totally get my teeth kicked in in a game that I have no idea what I'm doing in. And then after that kicks off, uh, since it will be going all weekend, it, it starts, like I said, at 7 a.m. Um, between me and my teammates, it won't end until Monday at 3 a.m. So literally all weekend long, you can tune in and we will be there raising money for Extra Life. Um, and Rich Lambert is going to be joining for Dungeons and potentially Trials uh, on Saturday, I believe at 5 p.m. And he's already said he's cleared out a block of several hours. And as long as we want to run stuff, he's down to help out. Um, so that's really cool for anybody to know. Rich Lambert, who was on the show as a guest for, for us before, yeah. is the creative director of Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, that's um, super cool. So so it's awesome that he's even helping out this cause. Uh, and we'll probably also have some other guests from the community. And if I'm doing more open world stuff um, and you happen to drop by for the stream, um, I might open it up at some points. If we decide to tackle something open world, like knocking out some anchors or something like that, it'll be open to anybody who wants to join because I will be on PC. So um, yeah, it's all kind of just supposed to be a big fun time for a great cause. And um, yeah, I'm very excited for us to hit some goals and smash them. That's awesome. That's so cool. I, I'm going to try to tune in as much as I can. As I can. It's, also, sure. it's also my wife's birthday this weekend, so there will oh. be some times that I can't. But uh, Happy birthday, Mrs. Robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's excited. We've got some plans, so it'll be fun. Nice. But um, I'll try to tune in whenever I can. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, I think I will also release this episode a day early in order to help get the word out, because otherwise oh, this would normally go up. That's a great idea. Thank you. This would normally go up on Saturday morning. Yeah, which would that be, makes sense. Nope. People would Appreciate get that. it, and they hear it again, and then they might have already missed part of the stream. So. Sure. Sure, I'll sure. put this up tomorrow um, in order uh, on Friday. So you'll probably people will be listening to it going, why is this up early? And then we'll get to this part of the show and they'll be like, oh, that's yeah. why this uh, went up early. Okay, retroactively, so. it all makes sense. There you go. This is why the episode is early for those of you who are listening to it early. So, yeah. So go if you're listening to this episode right now, hearing this, go look up Lotus's stream and it is at twitch.tv slash Lotus of Doom, right? Yep. We will be yeah. we'll be there all weekend. Yeah, and go follow it ahead of time. Ends, so yeah, it even is when in my your shift list. ends, yes, I, I'll be hosting the next uh, either Arcaneer or Slick Rick. It'll be one of us, but we'll all be hosting each other. So 
you go to my channel, you'll find whoever's live. One of the three of us will be live all weekend long. Yeah. So if you were listening on Friday, go to that channel right now, follow it ahead of time so that next time you open up Twitch, it'll be on your list. You'll, you'll see it. You'll be reminded. Oh yeah, that thing's going on. You'll remember it. If you're listening on Saturday or Sunday during the weekend, Go ahead and just follow. They're probably they're going to be live, so you'll just jump right into the stream and you'll be there. If I'm in this, if I'm in chat, say you know, tell me hello. They like say, hey, it's me. I'm listening to the podcast, and I'm, I'm awesome. Like, let me know you're in there. I'll say hi to you. It'll be it'll be really nice to meet you guys. I love yep. when people say, hey, I listen to the show. So that's that's awesome too. Um, so yes, do that. Yeah, it'll be. It's always great. a fun time. It's always it's- a fun time. Yeah, and the giveaways, like I like to keep things open. We we do them for milestones. So even if you can't financially donate, this is another thing that I like. Never feel stressed uh, about anything like that. Uh, we we say that about this show as well. Like you know, never try to go above your means. That's totally oh, yes. not yes. not the objective whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. But the more people that we have hanging out with us, it ends up just getting more eyes on the project. So it does Absolutely. in turn the the just the reach is bigger. So it it could help. Um, Heck, if you can, if you can just get in the channel and then once you're in the channel, just lurk in the channel and then just, you know, come, come and go throughout the day whenever you can, it leaves, it gets the numbers up higher. It gets more visibility and it just, all of that helps. So, and generally if you're in chat and can be within hearing distance, when I do a giveaway, just feel free to enter the giveaway. You don't need yeah. to like it's a lot of it's just open because for gambling laws, it's not like it's related to like, Oh, you need to donate this to get that. That's not right. what this is about. So it's like, it's all for fun and to kind of have a good time for a good cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that all of that helps the charity. It all helps out. So anything you guys can do would be amazing. So, um, and it's all a great cause. So there you oh, go. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Oh, well, good luck with all of that. I hope you actually get some sleep once you're done. <laughs> and i know it's going to be awesome you guys always do a great job and i'm sure this yeah, year is going to be even fun. better than it has ever been before so that's awesome awesome well um yeah all my stuff is going uh like i talk about usually uh robustradio.net for all the different shows we got lots of lore casts you know fallout and mass effect and cyberpunk and the witcher we got all those different shows and then also my stream that i mentioned at the beginning of the show so if you want to come out, hang out with me in the mornings I'll be doing that. I'll be talking up this uh, Lotus's stuff this weekend tomorrow morning. So if you want to come hang out with me in the morning and then go watch Lotus's stream all weekend, you can go do that. That would be awesome. And uh, we'll be back next week with our patron episode. So don't forget about that. We'll be here same time, same place. So come hang out with us during the live show. We love seeing you guys in chat. And that's what we got for you this week. So thanks for being here, everybody. Stay safe in Tamriel and also in, you know, whatever other worlds you'd like to be in. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. 
thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. Nominated in New Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020, it's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.